Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. Two bonus point wins behind us looking ahead to two massive Heineken Cup quarterfinals this weekend. I am David, and to my left, there he is. It's Matt. How are you, bud? Yeah, good, mate. Going to the match this Saturday, going to the Saracens match, so looking forward to it, just sort of getting, getting geared up for that one. And Alan, you're, you're going to the Edinburgh game? I am. Bloody excited. Was it circa 35,000 people? I've heard 40. 40,000 people. I reckon they'll be, I think they'll go past 40, yeah. You know how yeah. they're sort of pushing this big line about how it's going to be like the biggest attendance for any Champions Cup game? Yeah. What I was looking at the other day is I think they're discounting every game pre the name change. <laughs> Are they really? I like that. Because like there's definitely though. like, a, I was looking back, there's definitely a bunch that were like 48,000 at Lansdowne Road for like Munster quarterfinal. <laughs> hey, that's fine, you know. Look, they said Champions Cup. Yeah. Yeah, and people assumed <laughs> that they meant the history. Yeah, it's not their fault; it's everyone else's. It's that sort of thinking that is made their lawyer, the new managing director of Edinburgh. Exactly, and, uh, he's <laughs> found the loophole, and they're exploiting it ruthlessly. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much for joining us uh, again, guys. Um, listening to us on Acast or iTunes or wherever the hell you get your podcast. If you are listening to us on Apple, you can leave us a review. How about this one? Five stars from the Chief of Dollar. He says, "Make sitting in the office better." Plus, fairly informative. Well, they know more than me. Highly amusing, however, which I actually think is a really perfect description of what we try and yeah, do. I think so. Saying knowing more than me just gives a really wide range, though. Exactly. <laughs> that could be, uh, could be John Barclay, King of Dollar. You never know. I think it probably is, actually. Let's just assume it, it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. it doesn't work in an office, but he has been laid off for a while, so maybe he's just been, you know. Chilling. Yeah. He's doing exams, so. Yeah, there you go. And it is a very regal <laughs> introduction because we do have a member of royalty joining us on the pod later to help preview Edinburgh's quarterfinal. The sweet prince, Alan, the apple of your eye, Chris Dean, <laughs> coming onto the pod later on. How are you feeling about it? Hope I don't get stage fright. Are you yeah. nervous? I've met, I've met some big names. Bill Clinton once. <laughs> Prince Charles. You met Bill Clinton? Mate, the guy who looks like Bill Clinton in Thistle Street Bar in Edinburgh. That's not Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a very good impression. <laughs> but yeah, don't think I've ever been this nervous. Yeah, so we are going to be speaking to him very shortly, so look forward to that. We'll quickly canter through some news before that, and then we'll get into having a look ahead to the quarterfinals this weekend. So Edinburgh started the week with a bang with hashtag Magic Monday unveiling four new signings and probably the biggest bit of news, re-signing Scotland star Hamish Watson. He was joined by Nick Haining from the Bristol Bears, Mikel Villense, uh, the hooker from the Kings. Mm-hmm. Yes, correct. I knew I was going to get that South African team right. Um, and then a brace of Fijian wingers, Ironi Sau, and Fijian Sevens captain, Kaloni Nasoko. What did you make of all that business on Monday? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Bring it down. Hamish Watson, great. Good to get him signing, because he must be getting offers chucked at him yeah, from both England definitely. and France. Yeah, absolutely. Um, say the two Fijian players, exciting and interesting, but 
obviously both not that young and really only ever really delivered on the seventh circuit, never at 15s. I always feel with Fijians, you're slightly rolling the dice. Yeah, but it's a calculated risk, isn't it? It's like, if yeah. it works, then they could be like, maybe not a Bill Matter, but have a really big impact. Like someone like Aroni Sire, when you're watching, you're like, you know, if you can do a few of those little highlights in the sevens in the year, particularly when, you know, internationals may be away. Yeah. It's kind of worth the gamble. I agree, but remember, Carl and Isles kind of failed at air. That's very different. <laughs> Carl and Isles, like, had never played 15s in his life. You'd <laughs> yeah. like to think that these guys have played a bit of 15s. you like to think that. But Carl and Isles, like, Bill Matt, really played, like, four games of 15s when he signed. Yeah, that, well, that's true. And he's fine. But look how it turned out. Um, Nick Haining, they made a big point about him being Scottish qualified despite being Australian. I think we'd have to be in a little bit of trouble to be seeing him uh, in a Scotland jersey. You'd like to think for the back row, we would really have to be in trouble yeah. for Nick, for Nick Haining to get in team. Because was he 29? Yeah, I think so. Um, he's only played yeah. like six games for Bristol this season. I, t- I tweeted yeah. it out and I was like, young back row. And then I was like, I've definitely got my maths wrong here. <laughs> I still think it's like... He's 19- just not played that much. I just rugby. think of like 1990. I was like, ah, oh, what a young guy. Well, that's yeah, not that's that far. That's not that long ago. Yeah, that's I true. think maybe the he's Scottish qualified. It's just a nice bit of PR. Yeah. For, I mean, I, I, that's the one that I'm a bit miffed by. And I think there's been a bit of criticism about well, what does this say for young guys and their chances. And that's, I think that's the main one where you sort of think, there must be some good back rows coming through who'd be a bit yeah. gutted by that. But maybe I think if you think about the if you think about the World Cup, Barkley, Richie, Bradbury, Mata, all gone. Yeah, for and sure. And then you maybe need somebody who's got that sort of premiership experience because then the, the level below that Edinburgh, while it's promising, is very green. Yeah, no, I I think you're right and yeah, I don't know how he'll he'll turn out. I think Villains is the same that I think he's got a bit more pedigree. He played for, I think he played a few games with the Stormers as well before he went to the Kings. Yeah. Played a lot of Curry Cup. Um, you know, he's he's only 28. And you think that Ford's probably going to go. Yes. have a hooker or two. Or Stuart McAnally, maybe Cherry going to the World Cup. Well, that's the thing, I guess. Because uh, I feel like Cherry and both, him, sorry, him and Fenton have both actually stood up pretty well this season. Yeah. But it feels like, you know, Ford's obviously off at the end of the season. McAnally's going to be both at the World Cup and just in deep with that Scotland squad for most of the year. Yeah, And so leaving us, it's probably good to bring in that experienced sort of South African abrasive forward with Cherry and Fenton as a kind of backup to when McAnally's away. Yeah, I'm quite happy with that signing. Yeah. yeah. Richard Cockrell described him as a player like Stuart McAnally. Oh, I'm really? sure it's what he was aspiring to yeah. anyway when he was growing up. <laughs> He's had um, McAnally on his wall his whole life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's who I want to be. Exactly. Uh, the, so... the, the rumor's still going around of one of uh, the Lions 9 of the, the scrum half. Yes. Which which one's that? No specific Lions mm. 9. Just like uh, Cronier, Lions. Ross Cronier or someone else then. Which be, would be... Uh, yeah, pretty good. They do need a bit of an upgrade. A bit of depth. Yeah, well, I think yeah, an upgrade to the depth. Th- that sorry. lines nine probably wouldn't unseat Pergos at the moment, but I think underneath that, it's fouls and you, Kennedy, yeah, you've got it? Shield coming and in. It's like the exciting through, young yeah. player, but it'd be good to get another person. Absolutely. So we will see how that uh, they all bed in next year. Um, the SRU getting headlines um, for the attempts to invest overseas again this week. It was, uh, I think it was a Scotsman that had it. Scottish rugby bid for a stake in U.S. pro franchise Old Glory DC. Not huge amounts of detail um, involved, but they are a new franchise based in Washington, D.C. that are going to join Major League Rugby in 2020. Um, Any thoughts on that, guys? Not a good way to spend money? It just feels like when the Super 6 is probably, is just starting up and will almost certainly have some sort of financial difficulties. It feels like giving away cash to the old glory in DC isn't the best use of, sort of capital allocation. <laughs> and and they, they're not actually even an established franchise yet. They only joined no. the league. An ironic which, name, isn't it? Yeah, I know. And this, this, <laughs> this league seems to have come in like several different guises, different investors, yes. it's fallen apart. They like signed Mills with Aina six months into the season. He's like, I haven't been paid a penny yet. <laughs> Or a cent. So, I don't know. Unless they, 
it's a tiny, tiny stake. You know, it's a tiny amount for a big stake in, in the franchise. I just think it, it seemed a bit mad. We were saying earlier, is this Dodson's way of buying influence with Donald Trump? I'd like to think so. Trump's just going to pile in three in the morning. He's like, Mark Dodson is the best guy I know. <laughs> <laughs> what a deal. What a deal. The, yeah. the art of exactly. the deal. <laughs> I think maybe, well, we'll keep an eye on that. As I said, there wasn't a huge amount of detail. Um, so it may be one of those that we never hear anything of. Oh, yeah, for sure. Ever yeah. Again. Uh, I mean, hopefully. Um, well, they just, they're sort of, they brief the Scotsman, they put it out there, they sort of gauge the temperature. And this is the worst thing ever. I think the temperature was essentially, oh, for Christ's sake, can we not get our own house in order? Yeah. Or at least give it a go, a proper go with London Scottish. But seeing as we've not heard Bef- anything since, I, yeah. I don't think there's much substance to it. Yeah. I hope not. At least. Like, go and fly a kite in the Scotsman, see how it goes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, number three on the news agenda, Roy Hutchison carving up down at Northampton at the moment is on the rugby pod of Jim Hamilton yesterday, seemingly saying that he wants to commit to Scotland. He's been in touch with Tooney. Outside, um, outside shot for that wider squad for the World Cup? 100%. Mm. If he, he stays in the Saints squad at the form he's playing, I feel like he's almost going to be guaranteed a place, but in the wider squad anyway. Yeah, definitely. It looks as if, you know, Northampton obviously won trophy this season. They're like pretty good. Well, it's very tight in the Premiership, but could get into the playoffs as well. I and mean, he's playing that level. Yeah. Just get himself in the shot window and... You know, Nick Grigg hasn't quite convinced in the Six Nations to, I think, give him a, sh- a shot. And I was, I was quite surprised, actually, how... Um, he grew up in England, sort of, didn't he? Yeah, but how passionate he was or seemed yeah. about playing for Scotland. You're saying, they're the ones that gave me my shot. The Exiles program is the one that sort of put me through everything. Yeah, that was really nice to hear. So so that that's good to hear. And, yeah, hopefully we can get him capped because it'd be a good option to have. I don't know who runs like the Scottish Exiles like Twitter page, but they definitely haven't had a shout out for like a decade. Roy Hutchinson obviously said something, and they were like, "Look at the value of the Scottish <laughs> Exiles program." Shout yeah. out from Rory Hutchinson. Their first ever like positive mention. <laughs> I absolutely love that. So we will hopefully see him in this summer. And then finally on the news, um, Glasgow have given Chris Fazaro a two-year deal um and we will be coming back to that because chris is going to be joining us later on the pod two guests both called chris what a podcast that is um and that's the news done for this week so let's get into the meat and drink of the podcast european quarterfinals this weekend edinburgh and glasgow both involved let's start with edinburgh and with no further ado here is our chat that we just had with christine Okay, and we are delighted to be joined by Scottish rugby royalty. Alan, contain yourself, the sweet prince, Chris <laughs> Dean himself. Chris, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm very well, I'm very well. Thanks very much. No worries. Thanks a lot for, uh, for, for joining us. How's, how's the mood in camp with um, Munster coming to town on uh, Saturday? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's, it's been very good. Obviously, pretty exciting, uh, exciting after last weekend as well. You know, uh, we, we needed that result and it was a good... Uh, result to get leading into this week so um, it's been banged into us that you know it's a massive week for the club and uh, we all can't wait to get out there Absolutely and uh, obviously Munster a team that you will have played a fair bit in the Pro 14 over the last couple of years is there anything sort of specifically that you guys are preparing for on, on Saturday? Um, I mean yeah I mean they're actually well they're very similar to us in the way that you know they base their game a lot on um, their territory um, so you know Connor Murray's box kicks are a big thing for us you know we need to be able to diffuse them especially with their kamikaze wingers that they have that go up for the ball um, so that's going to be a, a big thing for us to win and you know that's 50% of the game really if we if we can diffuse that kind of game plan then I think we'll be in a good spot to close out the game ourselves Is there an added edge to it just with uh, the last sort of knockout game you guys played was obviously against Munster last year in the quarterfinals of the Pro 14 Oh, don't bring it up. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Uh, no, no, I guess, I guess there is. There's not really kind of touched on that. Um, I mean, it's been mentioned briefly, but it's more so obviously for us. A lot of us have never played in the in the Champions Cup before. This is the first year for a lot of us. I mean, there's guys that obviously played many years ago when Edinburgh uh, were last in the quarters and semis, whatever. Um, so for us, it, it's just a massive occasion, especially you know they're expecting a bigger crowd. So. Um, we know as players that it's massive. Um, I guess we've maybe not thought about the fact they did beat us last year, but 
um, I'm sure that we can we can do it this year. And this European run has been has been a really exciting one. Obviously, as fans, we were down there in Toulon, which is a particular sort of standout performance for the club. But for you, what what have been the sort of the big games in Europe that you guys have really enjoyed and excelled in? I think, to be honest, I think every game has had a, has, has had its moments. And um, you know, I remember you know sitting in the bath last year when the, the teams or the, the pools got announced and we were all a bit like oh my god I can't believe the group that we've got and never really saw ourselves at the time um, making anything of it and uh, you know we've come out this year and, and we really have so that's the most exciting thing and I think you know I think the away games obviously have played a big part of that Toulon away was something pretty special it was um, certainly a game I remember for a while and um, you know there was moments in that game which you know it went viral so it was a pretty epic experience Um but they, they've all been big and they've all been important to get us where we are for this weekend. Did you get caught up in the tear gas and the riots in Toulon at all? <laughs> yeah, well, that was pretty special as well. That was an added experience. Cocker is quoted as quoted saying, it's just the atmosphere, get used to it. <laughs> um, as we're about to walk into the tunnel to like go and get our shirts on. And then after the game, we're told it was tear gas. Because, I mean, I was choking before the game. <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, it was it was pretty epic. Um, I mean, it didn't obviously affect us too much, but it was it was interesting to see this. And your partnership with uh, with Jimmy Johnson in the midfield—that's been something that's really grown throughout the season. What's he like to, to play with? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, me and Jimmy. Yeah, we've really enjoyed it. We obviously know we're not the probably the the poster boys that I guess uh, you you would expect to see in the team. But you know, injuries have led us to that, playing a lot. Um, this year and and it's been good you know we, you know it's subtle work but it's pretty honest good work that we put in together and it's it's good fun and we've played we've played a lot with each other I remember first going pro and, uh, for the sevens and and Jimmy was there in the first squad I was in so I've known him for a good six years now so it's is, it is a good laugh and is it okay playing with a Americanian I know that Aki's and Merky is like the longest school rivalry in history I think well that's yeah we, we don't talk about that <laughs> um, it kind of put a downturn on our relationship, so we, we try not mention school rugby anymore. Um, but no, it's, it's good. like the school rivalry, I still feel that maybe Jimmy, he's a bit older than me, so he's I think he's he's kind of let go of it all now. <laughs> Obviously, when you were at school, you were in the back row. Do you want to just talk us through that sort of transition, sort of early in your career? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, I was back row all the way through school, and then went and played sevens. Um, uh, straight out of school and it was honestly landed on, on me um, when I wasn't picked for the Commonwealth Games in 2014 and they then I went to the Junior World Cup and bearing in mind I hardly played a game of 15s for two years and I went there and, and for a warm-up game against Ireland um, they said oh we're going to play you at 13 and I was like sorry what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it really was just completely thrown at me and then I signed at Edinburgh pre- like prior to playing I think I'd maybe played one game for Ackies um, club um, signed me as a centre and I was like this can't be right um, but anyway went along with it and it's, I guess it's turned out alright um, in the end but it was pretty spontaneous I have to say How do you think it's helped you um, as a centre with sort of Duncan Hodge over the last sort of three or four years I guess has there been a change with that with Cockrell coming in at all? Uh, yeah like Hodge is actually he's, he's, he's been really good for me like one to one because um, like how obviously growing up in the forwards, it's you know you're on the same pitch, but it's very different roles. So, um, especially centre, it's pretty difficult um, defensively. So that was a big thing for me. And and Hodge certainly spent a lot of time with me, um, you know, trying to iron those uh, these new uh, things out. And and personally, uh, you know, he's really helped me. And uh, Cocker's come in, and I think by then I was kind of getting to grips with it. But Cocker's came in and said, "Do you know what I see as a twelve and not a 13? Um but it's great you can play both, and that's maybe now where I've I've now probably found my my position, my main position at twelve, and I'm really enjoying it there. And um, and I guess maybe um, having the experience at thirteen for the last couple of years has probably helped me a little bit um, in understanding, you know, what the likes of JJ needs or Bennett or whoever um, we know when I'm playing with them. So it's, it has been beneficial the whole kind of um, roundabout way to getting the position. <laughs> Yeah, and obviously that's culminated in caught to the to the Scotland squad. Just sort of put some words around that that feeling, and and are you aiming to sort of push into that that World Cup squad coming towards the end of the year? Um, yeah, no, like it was. I mean, it was 
pretty um, pretty exciting to, to get the call from Gregor. It was it was kind of unexpected, really. Um, I hadn't really given it any thought. Um, I guess it might be Alan's petition on Twitter that might have helped me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I appreciate that. Um, you just need to push it a little bit further now. If you oh, can, we will, we will. Get a game. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was great and uh, it was a good experience. Um, you know, for, obviously I, I didn't get a game and I, I picked up an injury throughout the process. And you know, those things happen. But uh, you know, I've got a big end to the season with Edinburgh now, so you never know with the World Cup squad. Obviously, I'd, I'd love to be a part of it. Um, uh, but for main focus is just you know get out there, play well for Edinburgh, and um, you'll see what happens. And uh, and how much has the nickname the Prince stuck both at Edinburgh and Scotland? <laughs> Well, currently it's not stuck anywhere, um, <laughs> but I'm trying. I'm trying it at home with my flatmate. He's still not. He's still. He's not treating me like a prince yet. Um, <laughs> um, but my two friends that, that found it, uh, um, they 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 kind of made me aware of it, and uh, um, they like enjoy having a laugh about it, and are really excited to hear me on obviously the pod tonight um, <laughs> when it goes up. So a shout out to Tom Gray and John Tabreden. So, um, <laughs> The sweet prince is talking for you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely love that. Um, well, ju- just finishing up, um, something we usually ask everyone that comes on: Who's been your your worst roommate throughout your time as sort of professional rugby? Oh wow, and my worst roommate. Um, oh, I'm going to go with Murray McCallum. Um, Why's that? He's nude far too much of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not the nicest sights if anybody knows him, obviously. So. Um, yeah, probably Muzza. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, with that thought in our minds, um, we'll let you go. Uh, best of luck for the weekend and hopefully bring home a, a big Edinburgh win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks very much. Cheers. Thanks for having me. No worries. Appreciate, Appreciate that. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Bye bye. Alan. How you doing, mate? What a nice guy. Oh, absolute legend. I can't believe the sweet prince has actually it's got him. <laughs> yeah, he, it's reached him. <laughs> yeah, I was really concerned he was going to be like a little bit sad about it or a bit sour. Like, Who are these idiots? <laughs> Why are you all so I mean, he weird? Probably does, he probably does think that. But. <laughs> yeah, but great to hear from him and good insight from the, the season what's to come. Do you know something I found out today? There is not a Christine Highlights tribute on is YouTube. How do we look? That AR rugby guy needs to make one. Yeah, I know. He's made one for Johnny Gray. It's like a selection of passive tackle- tackles <laughs> and like ruck clear I don't understand. <laughs> Imagine watching a Johnny Gray highlights reel. That is so bad. Although to be fair... Maybe a few years ago, it would be quite good. Yeah, Now no, it's I'm... extremely passive. <laughs> <laughs> there is actually... The, well, there was a quite a good Alan Jacobson one, which yeah, was set that. to the music chunky. like Chunky by the Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. He's a... Speaking of chunk, he's delivering the match ball on Saturday. I saw that. I, I was like, that is a good thing. But I was like, could it have gone to like, you know, like a local kid or something like that? <laughs> nah, everyone's going to lose their mind. For chunk that's going to bring in an extra thousand punters, just knowing that Alan <laughs> Jacobson... That's, yeah. pre- yeah. that's the whole Preston Lodge there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so talked to Chris there about his prep for the weekend against Munster. What do you guys make of this one? Can Edinburgh do it? So interesting, bookies have got the minus four mm. going into the game. Um, which I think I was a little bit surprised about, especially after the win. I know I appreciate it was pretty much Leinster's second team. Yeah. But they were sort of, what, seven points down at the start and then came back to win pretty comfortably. I think they kind of put in a performance that you'd like to replicate against Munster. It yeah. It was founded on forward power and sort of dominance at the scrum in the end. Yes. Uh, and all the tries were sort of, you know, close in and around the rucks and set piece. I mean, I I definitely think they can win. I think this is this is not the sort of monster side of of old. It's, no. still, it's still got like you know just such important players like Connor Murray and Omani and Stander, people like that. And I think Joey Carberry back. I think, yeah, I think he's, he he's been training at least. I, I think particularly the, the the three I mentioned before that just like really used to winning for yeah. for Ireland and Munster, and that's my one concern that Edinburgh haven't been in this position for seven years you know getting into the quarterfinal is such a rarity that mm. monster might have the the mental edge but i think if you look at the 215s edinburgh you know on paper should be favorites absolutely i mean monster away i think if it was at Tolman park you'd think that's a bit of a foregone conclusion but yeah I reckon you get forty thousand into murrayfield give or take like that is a that's a that will make murrayfield feel quite full 
Yeah. The atmosphere will be absolutely banging. Um, She's a bit annoying. It's like a 12, 15 or 12, yeah, 30 yeah, kickoff. Yeah. It's like, come on, it's not like an old firm game. You yeah, I know. To, <laughs> <laughs> you need to put it on at like 9 a.m. to stop everyone like glassing each other. <laughs> I know, you never know. But I do think that takes away from the atmosphere. Like the best games at Scotland are always the, they're always those kind of slightly yeah, later yeah, ones. Yeah. You know, people have time to get a little bit merry. Yeah, exactly. You know, then that, it goes dark. It just creates just that bit more atmosphere. But I think, you know, going not really any injuries in that pack. Yeah. Which is just huge. You yeah. know, I think I know pretty settled. You know, your front five basically picks itself. Mm-hmm. Nell, Skuman, McAnally, Gilchrist, Tulis. Yeah. Easy. Done. It's already picked. Then your back row, I mean. It was like the literally the hardest back row selection oh, yeah. in Europe. Yeah. I would say. But I think if you pick it, like, right, I'm picking an out-and-out an out six, out-and-out out seven, out-and-out out eight, then you just stick to what was there at the weekend. Was it Barkley, Watson, Matter? Yeah. yeah. I think it's hard to drop Barkley after man-of-the-match performance. I mean, dropping Bradbury after the England game when he got... He's been yeah, but yeah. you can't drop Matter. can't drop though. Bill, though. And Barkley's probably a better six and, than Bradbury. And it's I, not... Like, then they're unlikely to not play Barkley if they played in last week, right? Mm, I... I don't know. The thing is, well, I actually like have... he hadn't been injured at all as well. He was so good. Yeah, I know. That is, that is such a smooth move, just it coming in first game and getting MOM. Especially after a long-term injury where you would think like yeah. fitness and would just yeah. be a massive issue. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think you might go, still go for the Watson-Bradbury matter and keep really? Barkley and maybe and Richie. But, but Barkley's really... not much of a bench player though, is he? I was going to say... You'd rather have Bra- Bradbury off the bench. Yeah. They're very different players, I think. Do you think they then use Mata as second row cover and put one one of those two of the five Can on the Richie bench? not playing second row? He's playing second row. Play. I guess there is enough second yes. row cover yes. within yeah, those exactly, five yeah. back row to cut, so you don't yeah, need to like put to think so. a set like a, a third, a second row on the bench. Yeah, and we, I suppose the only other really contentious point is probably the man himself, Christine Matt Scott, coming back, putting a decent shift at twelve. Um, against Leinster at the weekend, mm. but do you think Corkers will revert to his trusted best centre partnership in uh, Europe? I think if if Matt Scott had, had sort of a, a prolonged run of games and shown what he could do, then I think he he might get selected. But I think he played well on Saturday, but he was like, quite limited in what he did. I thought. Yeah, like I agree with that. He, he was running hard lines, and you know it's to be expected when you're you're sort of finding your way back in. Whereas I think when when Dean, regardless of having that combination with Johnson's played this season, like, you know, he can truck it up. He's got good pace. He's got seemingly a pretty good boot at the moment. Like he's mm-hmm. been putting in some nice grubber kicks and that sort of thing. So I, I just think that those are two guys that have done a really good job in the Champions Cup and Huntington Cup so far. So I, I think they'll go with those guys. A little concern for me. Pascal Gozer is the ref for the game. So I think generally Scottish rugby has actually an issue with French, French refs. I was going to say which one of the French refs so, we don't like. Yeah, no, because it's like it's not Roman. Platt. Was it Roman? So Paul Gasser was Wales oh. game last this year and last year. Oh, um, <laughs> that dickhead. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Pascal. Oh, he's annoying. Which one is he? Let's see his photo. And oh, yeah, and he he's he's done one of the Saracens Glasgow games as well. And Scotland play Scotland teams, you know, even generally with like Roman Poir and like Matteo Rennell, like they just seem to struggle. Struggle? <laughs> struggle. What's your wrong with me? Your pronunciation of French I think refs I think is called... absolutely amazing. You've already <laughs> called Pascal Gozer Paul Gozer as well, which is quite good. But, but you, your Scotland teams do struggle with French I agree. refs. I completely agree. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how uh, how they manage that. Yeah. Um, I suppose King. Kinghorn's a bit of a miss as well. Yeah, that's a big massive. miss. I mean, I think it's quite a big drop off to your next fullback. I mean, you've basically got Dougie Five, Tom Brown, or Hoyland. Hoyland can't play fullback. So you're looking at Dougie Five or Tom Brown. So yeah, you got. Yeah, I think it's gonna be Dougie Five. Duhan, Duhan, and Darcy on the wings. They're nailed on. Yes. And then I think it's gonna have to be Dougie Five, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. We put in a solid, solid shift at the at, yeah. at the weekend. I think that's what you can offer. But when you've had the highs exactly. of Kinghorn, what used to, yeah. it is just a drop down in terms of that attacking threat because yeah. you know Kinghorn can get it going from 60 metres. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No. But, and then what, nine, Van der Vaart, Pergos. Pergos and Van der Vaart, yeah. 
you know what Dean was saying? I do think a lot of this game is just going to be Pergos and Conor Murray. Yeah. Especially kicking, at the start. First 10 minutes is going to be real yeah. game chess between those two. You'd like to think that Bill Matter against like Keith Earls is going to be fine. Yeah, you would hope so. Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's easy to see it coming, but it's whether you deal with it. And obviously Glasgow until recently haven't dealt with that monster game plan very well. No. Um, I think Edinburgh... Edinburgh are a different team, Yeah, to be fair. But Edinburgh are probably better equipped to deal with Munster than Glasgow are. Yeah. I, it's quite interesting, like, the, the media around this week for that match. Pretty much everyone's predicting an Edinburgh win. Yeah. Apart from Cockrell. Or apart from... He's very much pushing the underdog. Yeah, yes. which I think is sensible. But I, I just slightly worry that there's been a lot... And maybe just because, you know, we look at more Scottish stuff than Irish stuff, but I don't think anyone's really... Like bigging up Munster, no. I think they'll be pretty happy with that. Yeah, Scottish clubs, Scottish teams just don't do well being favourites. No, I feel like Munster are a big team, and then I think about what players they have, and I actually don't really know that. <laughs> like, you know, there's like CJ Connor Murray, but yeah. actually, yeah. in terms of who is their like starting like front five, Tagburn, I actually can't. That's pretty re- good. Tagline's pretty yeah, good. it's like it's Dave, Dave Kilcoin. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. Like, Niall Scannell's still Niall there? Niall Scannell, yeah. Rory Scannell's centre. Farrell's yeah. centre. Like, yeah, maybe not, but you know, I think they're, they're well-led. Now you say it, they're actually all right. <laughs> I think it's, it's just people like Omani and Stander. Just yeah. Just talisman for them. And, but, but then I think you know we've got a back row that compete can compete with them in terms of playing ability. I mean, it's, it's just maybe that that leadership and and sort of game yeah. understanding. That be, that all being said, it is the Scotland front five. You've got the Scotland captain and a better back row than the Scotland's back row. And a better exactly <laughs> yeah. and a better yeah. back row than Scotland. It's actually a better pack than Scotland's pack. Yeah, probably, <laughs> which is a little bit mad, but. And you've got McAnally in terms of leadership. John Barkley, assuming he starts at six, he's been there. Well, he might be really important level. for that leadership role as well. Just having yeah. that bit. Because I'm, you know, Bradbury doesn't seem like that much of a talker. It's going to be by example. But yeah, exactly. He's someone to just a bit more sort of brain than than Braun in this sort of match. Um, and hopefully, you know, Barkley and I don't McAnally's that great with referees. Yeah, I think Barkley's quite good. How does it so work? Pascal Gazzari yeah. is giving us a bit of a. Time yeah. How does it how does it work in the Champions Cup? So they've got home quarter, they win that. Does it then go back into a pot or is it a neutral semi? So uh my understanding was that it would be wherever whoever wins Saracen Glasgow gets to choose the venue. Yeah, but not at the Alliance, for example. Yes, it, it would, would have, have to be a neutral venue in the home country. So the potential of Glasgow win the neutral venue would be Murrayfield, Madera Park. Rugby Park. Rugby Park. Rugby Park. That would be absolutely dreamy. Fur Park. Any of the parks. Any of the parks will do. Almond Vale. Just, you know, mix up a bit. Uh, If you don't want to park. Almond Vale is called, is the Tony Macaroni Uh, Stadium now. Tony Macaroni (laughs) Stadium. Please play it at the Tony Macaroni. (laughs) I'm going to think, what is a neutral venue in Scotland for Glasgow, Edinburgh? Because it can't be Murrayfield. It's probably Rugby Park, I would say. Rugby Park's in Kilmarnock. Yeah. Sorry, we watched St. Johnston. McDermott, McDermott Park. That's, not, that's tiny, though. It's not big enough. Yeah, I know, but it's neutral. Because you can't do it at <laughs> Ibrox or Celtic Park. That's Just. Or Hamden. can't do it at Hamden. Ship them up to Pataudry. Pataudry away would oh, be unbelievable. Right. That would be a good little trip. <laughs> right, so that's, that's it. Semi-final, Pataudry. Scotland have played at Pataudry, haven't they? Did they not yeah. lose to, or almost lose to Tonga? Yes. Rui Jackson scored like a last-minute penalty. Yeah, I'll tell you what the, the take is. St. James's Park, Edinburgh v. Glasgow. Oh, that would be great. That would be unbelievable. That would be absolutely class. The Gal- <laughs> in the Gallagher end. Yeah, the Gallag- <laughs> oh, that would be great. I would absolutely love that. Well, it's good that we've already we predicted go. that Glasgow yeah, yeah, yeah. Saracens as well and uh, yeah. Edinburgh are going to beat Munster. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to do predictions now or at the end? Let's do a big pile of predictions at the end. We didn't say it as well. I got a quiz. You've got, got a quiz. quiz. I got a quiz. Oh my word! What should this we break it up bumper. with a little quiz? Do you want to fire in some quiz now? Sounds good. So, what what is the quiz subject then? So the quiz is previous knockout runs at the Champions Cup or. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Heineken Cup. Okay. By so, Scottish teams. By Scottish teams in the 21st century, because I couldn't be bothered going any further back on Wikipedia. Yeah, I think that's fair. So... I just want you to answer. We're just going to go question, answer, question, answer. I think that works best, yes. How many knockout games have Scottish teams played in, and I'm just going to call it the Heineken Cup for the rest of the quiz, just for simplicity. That's fine, yeah. How many... And for our Heineken Paymasters as well. They're exactly. They're very happy with that. So one thing I was going to say, you see how the Netherlands came like f- were like in the top 10 for most tickets. I did see that, but yeah. Someone was saying it's just like Heineken sponsors just bulk buying like one account they're just like we're gonna take out so many japanese businessmen (laughs) (laughs) uh so how many knockout games have scottish teams played in the heineken cup in the 21st century four dave three (laughs) four is correct so you got glasgow 16 17 and against Saracens. So, yeah. So 16 17 against Saracens. Who scored the, the only Glasgow try? Um, 16. Uh, at Allianz Park. We were uh, all there we together. Yeah, we were Lee there. Lee Jones is correct. 11 12. I remember it was right in front of us as well. Yeah, it was class. They played Toulouse in the quarterfinals. Yeah. Can you tell me the only Edinburgh try in that game? Mike Blair. Correct. Have a look at the try. It was like Laidlaw bomb, bomb on the 22. Yeah. And then everyone just piles in. <laughs> yeah, just chalk just piles in. Denton's going mental in the background. Yeah. It's so good. I think I was at that one as well. The... If you want to go back to pre-2000, and I think there's only one other match, which is when Edinburgh got to the quarterfinal to Toulouse. So, is that one in your 03 04, <laughs> who did Edinburgh play in the quarterfinals of the Heineken Cup? Toulouse. That is correct. <laughs> Interestingly, do you know who scored the only try for Edinburgh in that game? Marcus Derulo. Oh, mate, you're on fire tonight. What's it's annoying be- is that because... I, what, annoying, I, I know the answer is you're just getting in faster. <laughs> Ed- Edinburgh have been doing actually a really good like top 10 moments of their European rugby history, yeah, which great... this whole quiz might be based there was on. A great, <laughs> there was a great video of Brendan Laney scoring at Meadowbank. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering. And I was hoping that was going to be a question. That kind of Derulo's Derulo's try against Toulouse. I think the game's lost by that point. It's absolutely unbelievable. So it wasn't that actually made it quite tight, and then Toulouse went away in like oh, the second half. Um, and just to f- continue the trend, Edinburgh played Ulster in the semi-finals. Who was the only? Who scored the only try for Edinburgh in that match as well? So there's been four knockout games, what and we scored our try in each game. Jim 11 Thompson. 12. Jim Thompson. Jim Thompson's correct. So that's. <laughs> I've apparently not been getting as much of the Edinburgh rugby social media feed that I should have been <laughs> this week. It's all there. So that's 5 0 for Hanny, but there's six points left. So. Well, I need, the clean sleep sweep's coming, <laughs> clearly. What happens if I granny you? What have you got to do? Nothing. Nah, you got to do something. I'm made to do something. The la- so the last time Edinburgh played a quarterfinal. In the Heineken Cup, 11-12, as we said, against Toulouse. There was five current Edinburgh players Ooh. in the starting squad. Four started. I think one came off the bench. Could you repeat that, please? Because I kind of tuned out at the beginning. Okay. In, <laughs> Sorry. The, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> in the 11-12 quarterfinal against Toulouse, there was five players in the, in the starting squad who are currently an Edinburgh squad member? I think you've asked this question before in a previous I think I have as well. (laughs) But But, I mean, I can't remember it. And you know what? After 88 episodes, you kind kind of run out of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Rambo? Rambo came off the bench for Talai 
Yeah. Came on in the back row. Back row. Back row. Yeah. Uh, it was Ford starting a hooker. Ford starting a hooker. Tom Brown? Tom Brown started at fullback. Yeah. Grant Gilchrist was in the RAR. Grant Gilchrist was in the RAR. Um, that fifth one. Um, started against Leinster. Matt Scott. Matt oh, Scott yes, is course. correct. Couldn't get Dougie ha- Fife out of my head. I was like, oh, I yeah, I was going to say Dougie like, Fife. I know that's wrong. <laughs> but you know when he gets yeah. that. Yeah. And for yeah. the final point, who is the, who is the only other player who was starting in that Toulouse game who plays for a professional Scottish rugby club? Must be somebody who's gone the other way. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's only two. <laughs> and so. old. Lee Jones? Lee Jones is correct. My man. You're yeah. on fire. That was yeah, really good. good. I got yeah. two points there, so... I know. I haven't granted you. I got out the gates early by throwing in Rambo, knowing it was correct. <laughs> yeah. Get on the board. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. That was good. I like that quiz. That was really good, yeah. Was that the season with the ridiculous comeback against Racing Metro? Yeah, it was like, did they not win like 42-41? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they had... A rich European group, history. Had, like, exactly. <laughs> Racing, London Irish... And Cardiff, was it maybe, Cardiff? Maybe I remember. Just, look at that, and you're like, you should definitely get through that group. Tim Visser, that's when he was like, yeah, unbelievable. Still terrible in defence, but an oh, unbelievable yeah. Yeah, finisher. Like, that's when he's going like 15, 20 tries a season, guaranteed. Yeah, he'd yeah. always like be top try scorer in the Pro 12. Yeah. Right, so Glasgow versus Sarri's fourth time lucky, I think, for Glasgow at Allianz Park. Well, not, not a third time lucky at Alizan, 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 Alessandro Del Piero Park. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> He's a real crowd favourite. So third, third time lucky down there, fourth time, uh, they've never beaten them. Not that I can remember. Not Actually, on, on Top of the Moon was doing like a history of Glasgow Saracens games, and he started with like 03 Challenge Cup. Like Fur Hill or something. When it was like Fur Hill and had like Castagnette playing. Uh, Actually, yeah. I'll tell you, go back to the quiz. The one that in 1999, they had a playoff to get into the quarterfinals, and it was Glasgow versus Leicester Tigers, and that's when they lost 90 to like 13. Oh, yeah. At Welford Road. Oh, my word. <laughs> How spicy. Yeah. I mean, but, this is going to be quite a tasty little matchup. There's definitely a bit of heat between Glasgow and Sarri. Mm. You think back to the last game at Allianz Park with the Maro Atoje celebrating the try that wasn't a try and all the sort of um, issues that came off the back of that. Yeah, and do you see Dave Rennie was coming out in the press today saying that... Yeah, it's been um, a nice bit back and forth. Yeah, saying that Saracens are pretty good at trying to distract the referee when they've made a mistake and try and cause a yeah. bit of aggro and get... You know the referee to reverse the penalty. Yeah, there was, a, like there was that's a... just a thing that people say about successful teams. They're like, ah, oh, they always get the rub of the green. Those guys. Yeah, I do think if you compare them to Exeter, they are they are much more sort of I don't know what the right word is, but They're like a bit in more your abrasive. F- abrasive, and abrasive kind... isn't the right word. It's a bit more gamesmanship, right? Yes, but I think that, to be fair, after that, the last match that Rennie was referring to, they yeah. like Glasgow pulled together a video. Like a highlights video of all yes. of these incidents and yeah. sent it to the EPCR. Yeah, there's been quite a lot made of that. So I, I don't think it's, you know, I think there is something to it, at least in their eyes, there is something to it rather than Rennie just sort of um, trying to rile them up. I think just trying to get in the ref's ear slightly. There's a great section of an offside line article where they were saying Rennie was asked if there was any genuine bad blood between the teams and he, Rennie replied, we're not talking about it before going on to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Glasgow, will, it looks like they're going to be bolstered by a returning Stuart Hogg. Mm. Stuart Hogg and Horn look pretty George, much. George Horn. George Horn. Yeah. George Horn. Yeah, George Horn. Look photos of George Horn training this week. Definite. And then yeah. Pete Horn and Seymour seem to be the kind of question marks. And Gray, then, Gray's fit, isn't he? I yes. There's some doubts about him. And then Sammy J coming back off a uh, pretty successful Six Nations. Yeah. Returning. So what, what do you think of their chances going down? It's probably one of the most difficult places to go in European rugby. I mean, Glasgow, uh, Saracens have lost two games at the Allianz in the European Cup since 2011. Like, and they've gone on to win the tournament quite a few times. So, you know, on paper, they shouldn't really have a chance. But, you know, I, th- I think that that familiarity, familiarity will help yeah. them. That, and even, um, you know, at home this season in the group stage, Glasgow really fronted up. And even that away match... 
um, the scoreline flat to Saracens in the end. I think that up until Glasgow gave them a shot. Up until the last fifteen minutes. Yes, exactly. It gave them a could, shot. Yeah. And I, I think if Glasgow can, you know, there's a few ifs, but if they can sort of get Hogg into the game, like get Ali Price to speed up the game, mm-hmm. you know, get the sort of strike runners in and, and lift up the pace of the game, then I, I think they're in with with the show. It's interesting, probably looking at a back row, maybe Gibbons, Ferguson and Ash. It's not too bad. Get them coming around the corner, getting yeah. over the game line. Yeah. I think that's really going to be the key, cause yeah. what, mm-hmm. and then because they're up against what, Billy, I think Michael Rhodes is out. Yeah, I think he's banned. Uh, Jackson Ray. Yeah. Schalk. It's a, it's a, yeah, and you just look at like, Will Skelton coming on to a really good game against Quinns last weekend. Yeah, like, he's so he's big. So big. Like, I mean, that was that was the big difference the last time was the last twenty minutes. Saracens just rolled on that bench, and then yeah. it's like, right, here's a bunch of massive internationals. Yeah, deal, I, deal with yeah. that for the last but twenty minutes. The quarterfinal two years ago, Glasgow were getting rolled over within about five minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they were completely, lucky to stay even yeah. close, but there was like a couple of disallowed tries. Yeah, Glasgow's so. always have that sort of like. You know the ability of someone like Hogg or Russell at the time to do something, yes. you know, special to yeah. get them a try. But you know, I, I think that if Glasgow can sort of put their own spin on things, put their own game out there, then it can cause problems. You know, I, I still think that Saracens are going to play like their sort of power game, mm-hmm. and that's just it's hard for like anyone in the world yeah. to stop. I mean, they are arguably the best rugby team in the world. Good thing probably got full strength front five. Mm-hmm. Kebble, Brown, Ferguson. Love that front row. Yeah. There's a really good front row. Kebble is just consistently. Yeah, this se- having him this season is just yeah. huge for Glasgow. Having him who's who's going to be in second row then? Gray so and I think Swinson? Gray, and then I think you pr- I mean, you probably got what? Then Harley, Swinson, or Cummings. I think Swinson's played pretty well since. Um, I think you bring in Swinson and be like, just be Ryan Wilson yeah. slash yeah. yourself for like your 50 experience. Yeah. Your- yeah. You know, he's the most physical out of those second rows, I'd, I'd say. And then you kind of have Harley on the bench, gives you good coverage. Gives and good coverage. Harley does bring a bit of does bring energy. I think Har- the Harley Gray second row partnership has worked quite well for Glasgow this year at times. Yeah, I do just think Swinson against yeah. that pack. I think he's up for it. He's used to those sort of. I think you're probably right. Those more physical matches. Uh, and then Gibbons, Ferguson, and Ash. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I don't know. I mean, I think. You know, Fizarro is kind of probably that the only real seven that we that yeah, they have on right. offer. Yeah, yeah. You know, Gibbons and Ash and Figs are all kind of six slash eight. Six slash eight. Uh, eight, eight. I push, I'd say. Well, Figs is probably an eight, I think, now. But yeah. The other two, I think, are sixes. So it's just whether you really want to, because, you know, Nigel Owens is refing. Does quite like a contest. The contest, the... yeah. Does, yeah. Whether you play someone like Fazaro and say, you know, we've got to make some steals. <laughs> Go and get your head over the ball. Exactly. Probably should have it's saved really that two-year contract to last the Saracens game, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you fucking earned that. Yeah. And then back, back line, Price Hastings. Who, who's going to play in the centre then? Horn and Johnson? If Pete Horn's fit, I think you'd probably go Horn and Johnson. I think yeah. not. Horn, um, Johnson and Stain. Right, roll the dice. McDowell and Stain. Keep the, keep the running team together. <laughs> I've liked Stain since he's been in. He's physical. He's really physical. He's quick as well. Yeah, I mean, I feel like McDowell, you know, McDowell's probably been, what, sort of three or four months. He's now established himself. I, I think McDowell's Stain, been very good. maybe a month? He's been in the Glasgow team? I don't know when he got called up in the seventh. He's played like three games. It was in the middle of the Six Nations. He got yeah. called up in the... Six I don't think anyone really saw that coming. And then literally within like two minutes of his first game, he'd made like a 50-meter break. Yeah. Like, <laughs> running through the cheese. Like, new lad, not the new same lad at school, they're like, but... he's fucking massive. Let's yeah. Get, <laughs> yeah. Let's get him in yeah, the next. Exactly. But I guess, because I think Carl Stain can play wing. Yeah. And so the interesting thing would be, at the moment, you've got Seymour, question mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nico, Rory Hughes, Nairn, Nairn. Stain. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's looking a bit. Red bear on the wings. DTH being out for the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely killer. Such a shame. When's Lee Jones back? He seems to always be injured. I, I don't actually know. Yeah, but I'm not 100 percent sure either. But yeah, I think you put Stain on the wing. Just even like I thought, yeah, possibly, even like Seymour. I hope he's fit because he played really well in that last 
Saracen's match. I think positionally yes. he was getting like Seymour as well. Yeah. And then you're probably going to have to have someone like Rui Jackson on the bench. Because like Sarri's kicking game, yeah. staying maybe he's not playing an awful lot of wing. We, we, at we, that high level. We love the renaissance in the pod, but did you see Rui Jackson getting oh. handed off at the weekend? I saw yeah. it, yeah. It was only the cheaters, though. He'll, he'll up it for Sarri's. No, I know, I know, but it's, <laughs> it's just literally that Pam in the chest, just like... Yeah. No, thank you. No, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> it was quite bad, wasn't it? But... I mean, I, you know, I... I I'm worried about the centres, though. Yeah. And just the Saracens team, just like from 115. So strong. Yeah. But I, I think Glasgow are going to give it a real crack. And I think it's going to be a really good match, actually. It's I don't think like, Glasgow are going to die wondering. Like, no, H- absolutely Hastings not. Is, obviously, Hastings had a good Six Nations. Not really, at, well, a bit at 10. But I, I think that's just given him his confidence back. He's millennials, man. He just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's yeah. Just, he will look at that and be like, that is just going to be a class day out. Yeah. Get another go at getting in Owen Farrell's face. Yeah. Who cares? We did hear that roll the Kenny, Kenny Murray was speaking at a Hills Jills function recently yeah. saying that's one of the tactics to piss off Owen Farrell. Which Quite I mean, right. as long as they're giving away secrets, is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he's susceptible. I reckon Ryan Wilson's going to run the water. I've never seen Farrell lose it for Saracens, though, to be fair. They very Saracens rare, are so they, good. They very rarely get their feathers ruffled. That's well, the yeah, because they're always winning. Yeah, exactly. And he'll just be like, I just want to see, from the weekend, I just want to see, like, first 10 minutes, a bit of aggro. I want yeah. to see Swinson, like, not like a full punch, but like a kind of, like, a, an open palm jo- or something. Do you want to, like, grab the collar and, like, laugh, yeah, like, yeah, really exactly. close? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I want, like, like... what Scotland did to Johnny Sexton in the first half against Ireland in the Six Nations. They really got into his face. A couple of, sort of, yeah. half-late Yeah, exactly. Just, just do, do that sure kind that of thing. Piss them <laughs> off. And then I just want to see, like, I just want to see... From that first decent bit of set piece possession, from like a scrum or something, Glasgow just try a proper strike and getting hog in the game. Yeah. Just having a go. Yeah. Think, right. Yeah. We're, we're in for an actual contest here. Well, I think they've taken off a lot of, um, an awful lot from the, the last time they played. They played really expansive, really quick rugby, and they scored mm. lots of really nice tries. Like, Saracens can be opened up when you take them on like that. Yeah, no, and I think Glasgow are the team to do it. It's just, a, you know, as you say, it's that like forward kind of get the platform, and it's the, the attritional stuff that I've got this fear. We're going to end up in a moment where we're like four points down. There's three minutes left in the first half, and they just kick to the corner, and yeah. we just have that four minutes of them trying to mull it over, and Saracens just being too good. Oh yeah, yeah, the recurring which all, nightmare. <laughs> yeah, which always just seems to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's the fear. Yeah. I think I want, Gray, I want Gray to have a big game as well. I want him being dropped that England game to like, I think you know, surely, really bring himself. Surely the team talk for the, the forwards is look, the level you guys got yourself to the last time you played. Find that again. Find that switch that took you there. Yeah. Like, I mean, look at Matt Vegas in that game. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Johnny Gray was unbelievable in the home yeah, game. He was. Yeah. It's, uh, and he was, unbelievable. he was unbelievable when he came off the bench against England. Well, exactly. exactly. So so keep he, that. He has it in him. Level. <laughs> Johnny Gray's back. Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, you you heading down early? Gonna gonna watch watch the Edinburgh game down at the the Allianz? Yeah, I remember the last time we were there. It was a good little like one of the, the local, local club local houses club opened next up door for all there. the Scottish fans. So go on to that. So on Saturday's Twitter, you can head to the Oasis pre-match to enjoy live music from Gila Roche. All right, I think it's the Oasis. I was like, mate, I'm keen. I mean, that would be <laughs> sweet. Gila Roche and a big bag of cans. That is <laughs> a couple of cans of Wolfpack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, mate, the Wolfpack, that's great. Yeah, looking forward to it. No, it is a class setup, to be fair. It is class. Um, yeah. Well, that is our European preview. But as we said at the top, um, Chris Fazara signed a two-year deal with Glasgow today. We've been lucky enough to have a chat with him. Delighted to be joined on the line by Chris Fazara. Chris, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. And uh, a very uh, warm congratulations, a new two-year contract with uh, Glasgow. Yeah, you must be delighted. Yeah, over the moon. It's, um, it's obviously been a, a good couple of seasons the last couple of years, uh, personally. So no, I'm uh, glad to, to put pen to paper and spend another couple of years in Glasgow with the family at a great club. So how long have you been at Glasgow now? Uh, so this is my ninth season. So yeah, wow, it'll one be, of the old guys. Hopefully it'll be it'll be eleven if I make it through to the end of this contract. So yeah, a long time. How's the body? <laughs> how's the body feeling? Yeah, good. I was actually I've obviously spoken to uh, to Renz, the coach, fairly extensively over the last uh, 
month or so getting this uh, sorted out. And yeah, I do I feel probably the best I've felt over the last kind of uh, three, four years. I had a couple of dodgy knees um, a few years ago, but they seem to have come through okay. And uh, yeah, just taking care of myself now that I'm getting older and uh, yeah, feeling good. Good stuff. I mean, did, did you think when you, you sort of first signed your, your first contract with Glasgow that you'd, you'd still be here 11 years later? And, and what sort of evolution of the club have you seen over that, that time period? Yeah, so actually my first, first season I didn't didn't play too much at all really. I think I was on the on the bench mainly and actually I remember my, my mum said to at the end of the season, she was like, Look, Chris, if you want to go back to uni, I wouldn't I wouldn't be ashamed of you, feel free to do it. You know, you're not you're not playing that much. I said I said, I think I'll give it another couple of years, but I'll give it a crack and see see how I go. But uh, no, I was obviously glad glad I stuck at it. But um, in terms of evolution of the club, obviously when I started playing we were uh, we're still at still at Fur Hill. And uh, the crowds were they were kind of starting to grow, you know, we were getting two and a half, three thousand every week. But uh, that that first season at Glasgow, I came, well, sorry, we came 11th in the league, so not great. And then, you know, things things kind of started to turn around a wee bit after that. I think the next year, that was the, the 2011 World Cup, so we had a fairly depleted squad. So a lot of young guys just by default got a chance to, uh, to pull on the jersey, as it were, and you know, that, those first kind of five, six games, we, we created a bit of momentum. And then when the, the World Cup guys, international guys came back, we continued that. And that year we, we made the playoffs. And I think for the next five successive seasons, we managed to make the playoffs. And obviously, eventually that culminated with a win in 2015. So yeah, in terms of evolution, that I guess that young kind of group led by a lot of older, experienced guys, you know, the likes of Al Kellick was there, Bernie Stortoni back in the day, um, who else? You know, Kevin had uh, to catch up the, the Canadian prop. A lot of old guys with a lot of experience kind of helped us. Younger guys who were, were chomping at the bit and uh, just kind of went from there. We, we gathered a fair bit of momentum and started getting some, some good results and ended up at the top end of the league. What uh, what old guards still around? Is uh, Was Jacko there when you were there? When you started? Yeah, yeah, Jack, Jacko's been there. He's, he's obviously gone away and come back. DTH, he went away and, and came back, which again, I think, you know, it's testament to the pool that the, the club still has on these guys that they go away and they, they, they want to come back and you know finish off at, at Glasgow but um, I think unfortunately I count myself as probably one of the, the older guys I'll be 30 this year and there's there's not too many guys over 30 I think there's Tim Swinson obviously um, Callum Gibbons he's just a year older than me as well he's 31 but uh, there's not many it's, become, it's becoming a young man's game I fear <laughs> And big big week, obviously, um, Saracens again in Europe on uh, Saturday. Um, a bit of rivalry, a bit of uh, extra spice between Glasgow and Saracens at the moment, would you say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the last pool game we played at the end of January, that's probably the closest I've got, you know, in terms of feeling how I felt after a, a test match, you know, the, the intensity of the game. It was just ridiculous how physical it was. And, you know, obviously with, there's been... Um, a really good bit of competition and you know rivalry with the, the Calcutta Cup between the Scotland and England boys and obviously a lot of those guys play in both our squads so that adds in another dimension to it as well but you know they're they are the top top team in England one of the top teams in Europe they have been for the last kind of three four five years so we know it's going to be a massive massive challenge but we're, we're confident with the way we're playing at the moment you know it was good a lot of again a lot of guys who maybe didn't play so much earlier on the season really put their hands up and played well uh, over the, the Six Nations period and we put ourselves in a good spot in the league but that also gave us a bit of momentum going into the Champions Cup so yeah we know we're, we're, we're fully aware it's going to be a massive challenge but I reckon you know if we if we get everything right on the day I think we can win. I'd, um, I'd read somewhere that you're physically sick before every game is that true? <laughs> yeah um, unfortunately I've been doing it since I played mini rugby, which is a bit uh, probably not great for my, my insides, but yeah, just a, I guess a, a nervous reaction to uh, to playing there yeah, to to throw up. So I st- still do it now after <laughs> having many years in the game. And I guess you know, obviously, as you said, you've been been at the club now for what sort of nine years. Did did you think when you sort of started that you'd be a one club man, or have you ever had thoughts of sort of trying to move south at all? Um, well, obviously, I've got. Well, we have Italian heritage. My old man's Italian, so I'm half Italian. And the, the kind of the idea um, of maybe going to 
Italy or you know the south of France or something. Pro- probably Italy because I don't. They, they only like back rows that are about six foot five and eighteen stories. <laughs> but um, but yeah, certainly Italy was always a, kind of a bit of a romantic idea, I suppose. But you know the, the thing is at Glasgow and the way the way it's been and I think the way we are kind of as a squad, we're all ultra competitive and you know going to like a well, for example, a Zebra and losing every week. I don't think I'd be able to do that. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't really stick that well. I'd like to stay at a club that's you know doing well. So being at Glasgow, it doesn't mean so much to me now. And I've started a family here. You know, my wife and wife and two kids now, and all my well, still a lot of my my friends are here. Obviously, a lot of them have retired now, but they're still in around Glasgow. So it's a place I call home. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm really really pleased that I managed to sign on for another two years. And so obviously, because you came up obviously with Howard Fife, and was that with sort yeah. of Pete Horn, Michael? Fido? Yeah, Pete Horn. Yeah. Was there any other? Was there not quite a few players that came up at that time? Yeah, so um, Stevie Wilson, who he joined the, uh, the National Academy, he was in that till he was twenty, and he uh, he actually sadly had to retire. God, I think it was about four or five years ago. Now mm-hmm. he had got a really bad hip injury, so he doesn't play anymore. But a lot of the boys, a lot of the but Pete actually stayed at the house. He played there when he was still at uni, and a lot of the guys who. Were in our year, you know, they went on to to play in the Howe Five first fifteen. I think they got promotion two or three seasons on the trot and uh, managed to get back up the league. So yeah, there was there was a, a really good crop of guys, and again, we're all still we're all still really good mates now. So yeah, it's uh, it's nice to hark back to the old days now and then. And obviously, you've uh, had a few caps for Scotland, and I think what debut against England at Murrayfield. Yeah. It was the uh, fun fact about that. I think it was the only time that Scotland have never scored a point at home in the Six Nations. So <laughs> one, one, to, one to remember. <laughs> and obviously, coming from Cooper, you got any stories of nights out at Jordan's? <laughs> uh, none that I can recall. That's what moment in time. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I have been to Jordan's. Don't remember. Oh, well, don't. You'll, you'll know that. You don't want to remember anything that goes on. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, and so, what are you guys sort of um, expecting from Saracens this weekend? Um, I guess they do. They, they kind of their whole game plan is based around being massively physical. So we know, we know what's coming in that respect. And they're a team they like to. I think they're a team that likes to get out in front in games and almost get you in a bit of a chokehold. So imagine they'll be, they'll be looking to start very fast than they, they have in the, the two previous games and I think that probably the last pool game it maybe shocked them a wee bit we, we went ahead early on you know we got a couple of scores and we were very much in the game till the last 10 minutes but yeah you know it's uh, I don't want to say typically English because they are they're probably a bit different to the other English teams they, they, they play a bit more rugby but they do they've got a massive pack so scrum and mall is obviously very important to them and um uh, looking to, to put us under as much pressure as they can, so try and put kicks in behind and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, we, we've got a fair, a fair idea of what they're going to do and, you know, what we're going to do to combat it. And like, a, like I said earlier, I think, you know, hope, hopefully if we, we stick to our game plan, and obviously we know we're going to have to be at our best, if not, you know, very close to to, uh, to come anywhere near winning the game. But, you know, fingers crossed, all, all being well, we'll manage to do that on Saturday. And if you pick up a win and Edinburgh pick up a win, it could be an all-Scottish uh, semi-final. Here we go. Yeah, I was I was speaking to somebody, and if the league results work out as well, we could end up playing them three weeks in a row, I'm sure. Semi-final of the Champions Cup playoff. And then, <laughs> and uh, then, sorry, last league game. Yeah. And then playoff yeah, yeah. league as well. So uh, we'll be sick of the sight of each other. Yeah. We were trying to work out what a neutral venue for that Edinburgh-Glasgow game would be. The, be- <laughs> the best we could land on was Pataudry, but I'm Oh, not- yeah. That's about as good as we could get, I think. I was going to say Duffus Park, that'd be alright. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love that, that'd be great. That'd be brilliant, yeah. Um, well, listen mate, thanks a lot for, for giving us a little bit of your time this evening. No, no, and, at all. Uh, all the best to the lads for the weekend and hopefully we're, we will be talking about that all-Scottish semi. <laughs> Perfect, thanks very much guys. Okay, so great to hear it from Chris there. So finishing up, lads, massive weekend for Scottish rugby. Give me those predictions. Alan, fill me with your famous positivity. Go on, boy. You know what? I'm going to go for Edinburgh win. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Talk to me about Glasgow. Lost. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> I'm going to say, Lou, I think it's probably similar to the the second, the Allianz game in the Champions yeah. Cup. Mm. Close to about 60-65. Saracen scored sort of two seven-pointers in the last sort of 10 minutes. So, 
make it look not yeah, yeah. unrespectable, but com- com- look it, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Matt? Yeah, I think yeah, I think Edinburgh will win. It'll be tight. I think they'll win by four or five. And yeah, I think Saracens will win by 12. I feel like uh, you've got more positive about Edinburgh during this pod. Um... I just want to predict a win for them. I don't want to predict a loss. I just, I just can't do it. Sold out BT Purple Bricks Murrayfield is going to be absolutely massive. Um, I think a Edinburgh win by seven. I'm giving them the whole score. Seven. I think they're going to be good. I, th- I was impressed. Watched it on Friday night. I was doing some tweets, half cut. That's where it tweets. spelt very well. Yeah. Um, and I was impressed that they went, they went 8 0 down to Leinster. And yeah, it was a bad start ground their way back into the game which I thought was quite impressive and um, I think with John Barkley they have that extra little level of nous in the pack rather than just that sort of raw physicality of like a Bradbury or something like that um, and nice. Glasgow I think might get filled in but <laughs> I don't you know I don't want to end on a complete low but yeah. I do think, I think I think it's going to be a really good match actually. I think it'll be get great, softly softly gently filled in but <laughs> filled in nonetheless <laughs> 10 to 15 oh points. What afraid. horrible image, Alan. <laughs> and on that really horrible image, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. we will say goodbye for another week. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, follow us on Twitter at ThistleRugbyPod, on Instagram, ThistleRugbyPod, iTunes, Acast, wherever you follow us. Get on there, subscribe, and you'll get us every week. And we will speak to you soon. Cheers. See ya. See ya. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.